0: brings us to step seven, uh, which is to implement the new structure pervasively with humility and flexibility. yet, um, And this is that point where probably if you can imagine walking this journey, the momentum is going to have shift several times. Getting started is hard. We don't want to do it. We don't want to admit that we've got a struggle. Uh, and then once we get over that hurdle, we begin to see that there's a lot to change. We're learning a lot. We get excited. Then we come to that point of actually inviting other people in. We kind of get, in, uh, we get intimidated by that. We're not sure that it, we want to do that, but we do it. We see the benefits again. We begin to see some of the strategies. That's exciting. This is one of those spots where we begin to evaluate. Uh, and we tend to see kind of an ebb uh, in that motivation again. Yet And so when it comes to uh, evaluating our progress, one of the things that we have to look at uh, is relapse. You know, as we are making progress, we're not going to make unending progress. Uh, there's going to be ups and downs. Uh, whatever we call those downs here, we're going to use the phrase relapse. We're going to have to be able to navigate those well. Now, the first thing I want you to see about relapse. Relapse requires progress. If we're not making progress, we can't relapse. And so in that sense, it's good. We want to learn from it. We want to get back up. We want to keep going. We want to fall forward every time. But we don't want to be demoralized by it. Now, this is where we get in one of those difficult situations because on the one hand, uh, we, we can expect for there to be setbacks in our journey. On the other hand, we don't want to expect to fail. We want to come to every moment with the anticipation that by the grace of God, uh, we'll be able to navigate this. And so our goal is to learn something from every setback. Uh, I give you some expectations here. I want to kind of walk through the phases of a relapse. Because I think this is instructive because the more we see the phases, uh, the earlier we can interrupt what's going on. Uh, the first is complacency. Uh, this is what I might call um, the passive aggressive defiance of fatigue we uh, we've been working hard we we just we, is really is this important? Do I have to do this and we uh, We just kind of get passive aggressive with the process because we 're tired when that 's the case, we need to look back and say. Are we sprinting or are we running a marathon? Do we have something that's sustainable or did we get so excited about our progress that we tried to accelerate it in a way that meant it wasn't going to last? Now, uh, if we continue in complacency without opening up and being honest with others and finding something that's sustainable, we usually get to a point of confusion where the wise steps that we're taking just don't make that much sense to us anymore. Why am I really having to do this? Is this really that important? Does God care about this? Is God the food police? Um, I mean, think about it this way. One of the ways that I've heard people describe worldliness is worldliness is anything that makes sin look normal and righteousness look strange. And when I get to that point where these things that I know they're healthy and good, and I begin to feel confused about whether this really is worth it, that should be a red flag that I need to be honest with somebody. Then there's compromise. This is where I begin to make choices uh, that are more behavioral setbacks. Uh, I give you some list of things that you can look at there. Uh, And then too often the point where we kind of wake up to what's going on is catastrophe. This, you know, destructive choices destroy. That's kind of what they do. And then when we kind of see the fruit of that, we go, ah, I can't do this. Your goal in having this in front of you is simply to be able to recognize what's going on earlier and earlier in the process and to reach out and be honest with a friend at that stage and say, hey, I think this is what's going on. You know, I can tell I'm becoming complacent. I'm still doing the right things. I just, I don't have a good attitude about it. Or, I can tell in my head, I'm conf- I am arguing and the voice in my head is winning. And at that unhealthy self, it is much more convincing than it was last week or a month ago. The earlier I can be honest about what's going on, the better. Now, uh, we come to uh, how to measure progress. Uh, I give you uh, several different ways uh, to measure progress. One is just kind of some key criteria that would be there. Uh, And this is something that any area of our life we should begin to see that when we set out to change, this is what's happening. Uh, You know, one of those would be a a decrease in the frequency of our sin, Uh, both at the action level and at the heart level, Uh, repenting more quickly. Uh, if you've ever um, if you're a, if you're a sports fan at all, you know one of the things that especially like in football uh, that they measure athletes by is how fast they can run the forty yard dash. Uh, that's kind of the gold standard of speed in sports. Uh, and if you can run a four 40 then you know you're going to make a lot of money. Um, but I would say uh, the forty time of our sanctification is the interval between our sin and our repentance. My goal in life is to have an ever-decreasing time between my sin and my repentance because I realize that God is for my good, my sin is for my destruction, and every time I get deceived and go that way, I want to turn as fast as I can. A change of battleground. I should see... A change going from my behavior to my thoughts to my motives. I think this is why Paul could say in 1 Timothy 1.15 that he was the chief of sinners and he didn't have this slimy, icky sense of shame when he said it. He just kept fighting the battle of his sin further and further towards his heart realizing I needed Jesus more than I ever realized I did. Um, Yet... Having a greater sense of your need for Christ's mercy and grace. This is just step one all over again. I admit this is a struggle that I'm not going to overcome without God. It's not that we move past step one. It's just that we get more and more excited about step one. As we get further into our Christian life, it's not that we move past it. It's just we realize step one was a blessing and not a curse. Um, Increasing accountability and honesty. When I get to this point, I don't need a reason to be honest. And things don't have to be that bad for me to open up to somebody else. Not responding to difficulty with disordered eating. I mean, difficult times are when we see how much progress we've made. Too often, we come to a difficult moment, and the phrase that captures that moment for us is, here we go again here's what I'd like for you to replace that with. Here's my chance. If my life is ever going to be different, it's going to be different in a moment like this. Life is hard when life is hard. And so it's in those moments when change is going to be most evident. And so instead of thinking, here we go again, here's my chance. Here is my opportunity to learn something, to express faith, to reach out, to do all of those things that we've been talking about. This is the moment that I've been equipping myself for. When that mindset changes, it makes a world of difference. And then learning to love and consider the interest of real people. Uh, I would say the opposite of disordered eating is not healthy eating. Uh, the opposite of disordered eating is loving God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, loving my neighbor as myself. It is caring for people as opposed to turning inward and, and trying to self-protect in, in the ways that food offers. Uh, I give you another way there with this sound wave uh, diagram. This is, you know, if you don't like more of the kind of cut and dry points of change, uh, this is just another picture of how to think about change. Uh, You know, change usually has um, intensity, uh, duration, and frequency. And so, uh, if we want to think about when things were at its worst, uh, we could take each of those and put them on a scale of 1 to 10, we could put them at 10, meaning this is rocking my world. And if we go 10 by 10 by 10, you know, maximum intensity, maximum duration, maximum frequency, uh, our total life disruption score totally arbitrary statistic, uh, is 1,000. If, on the other hand, uh, we find a way just to decrease the intensity, the duration, and the frequency by two, we go from two, 10 by 10 by 10 to 8 times 8 times 8. Can anybody do that math real quick in your head? Uh, high-achieving math student, anybody? 512 the level of life disruption gets cut in half. Now, that's a little bit math trick and a whole lot of truth. Because I would just ask you to reflect. When something has been really hard and you get that moment that you're not powerless, um, that you're figuring out there's something that can be done to combat this, does that moment of hope not make a disproportionately positive impact on your sense of, I can do this. Uh, And so when we begin to look, not just how often do I struggle or how much do I eat, we begin to measure it in each way. Uh, Again, it can make a a very large difference. Now, in terms of looking for progress, uh, this is probably... um, In one way, it's the least useful little uh, diagrams that I give you because there's not enough room to write on there. Uh, But you'll see, we just ask you to go through and evaluate uh, in the who, where, when, what areas of life. And then uh, to measure that in the area of intensity, duration, frequency. You're not going to write it on this piece of paper. Uh, But you can begin to mark And and go, okay, these are the areas that I need to reflect on to see how my progress is doing. And again, this is another thing that when you get to this point in your journey, and just because we're at this point in the seminar doesn't mean we're at this point in our journey, uh, but I would want you to say, I'd be excited about sharing this with somebody. When I got to this point and I had my plan and I was evaluating, looking over the areas of my life, I would love to come to a mentor, to somebody in my small group, and say, this is what I'm learning about what it means to win in this area of my life. Because we were meant to do life in community.